What's up, guys? Welcome to the Jocks Podcast, where we're making sports lifestyle easily accessible for everyday athletes. That's current and former athletes, and we're all trying to sort of fill this void of not having sports in our life anymore. I'm very excited to share Rachel Geike's story with you guys. She's a CEO and founder of Snow Monkey, a superfood ice treat that happens to be paleo and vegan. Before that, Rachel was a rower at Boston University. And believe it or not, she was also on the Hong Kong women's national team for field hockey. So she's a total well-rounded athlete. In this podcast, Rachel tells me how rowing on the Charles River in 30 degree weather helped prepare her for the competitive nature of the food industry. She also talks about making Snow Monkey in her dorm room, being a CEO at 24, and being the smallest company ever accepted into the Chobani Incubator. The founder of Chobani, Hamdi, told Rachel personally that Snow Monkey has the potential to be the Chobani of ice cream, which is absolutely incredible. And if you haven't tried Snow Monkey yet, go to snow-monkey.com and try it out. It's one of my absolute favorite snacks, meals. I put it in my smoothies. I have it at any time of the day. It is so delicious. Cinnamon and matcha are definitely my go-tos, but you guys have to try it. She's amazing. Her team is amazing. And I'm so excited to share her story with you. So can you describe a little bit more about how Snow Monkey started and sort of what the inspiration behind it was? Absolutely. Um, Snow Monkey was actually born in my Boston University apartment. Um, We were whipping up the first batches about like two and a half years ago. And um, the only reason how this all came about was really because of my lifelong involvement with athletics and also my co-founder's love for athletics. Um, I was just like on the tennis court at the age of like four or five and um, was involved in so many different sports growing up and then on a national level and a division one level. And so my whole life has just been very conscious about food as fuel and also um, the relationship towards performance, recovery, and um, what you eat. And um, especially in college, my co-founder was on the triathlon team and I was on the rowing team. We would find ourselves um, not being able to indulge the way like a lot of our friends did who weren't in sports and also not being able to indulge in the things that we craved because it didn't fit into our macronutrient plan. And it was always this like push and pull or this guilty relationship that we had with um, foods and especially ice cream. And um, like there are amazing ice cream spots in Boston, also like Froyo places along like BU's campus, but it was always something that would be like, we'd go and then feel so guilty about it. And Mm -hmm. I'd even like, want to be on the elliptical for like a little bit more after practice to burn those extra calories and then one day we just thought like this is ridiculous like we're super intelligent species like there's so many options out there if we want to treat ourselves it shouldn't have to come with all this guilt and um so we started throwing together like the very early variations had nuts in them um just like nuts and seeds and fruits and whipping it up in this um little ice cream food processor that we bought at Bed Bath and Beyond like (laughs) on campus and um we were just eating it for selfish consumption there was never an original intent to actually start a business I was going to go into real estate or finance Um, my co-founder was going to go into marketing or journalism and um it was only when 
we were eating so much of it. I was like, hold on, we need to calculate this because I track all my macros and there's definitely a lot of macros I'm missing mm-hmm. here. And when we sat down and calculated it, we couldn't believe how great it tasted, but also how functional it was and how good it was for us. And um, so we started sharing it with teammates and friends. And when they couldn't stop eating it, we realized that it wasn't just our problem. Um, Ice cream really is America's favorite dessert. It's something that people emotionally connect to. Families go out and celebrate to indulge in ice cream. Um, You know, we love just like sit on the sofa with a pint and just like have a great movie night. However, so many people feel the guilt, whether it's against health goals or being lactose intolerant. Um, They're putting their body through like a lot of stress and inflammation. But so many people have told me like, yeah, I'm lactose intolerant, but I eat ice cream anyways. I just feel sick after. And we said, no, 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 no. Like we've got to break this barrier. There's a better way. And that's what really fueled us to take it from something that we were just eating and enjoying to something that we brought to the community. Wow, that's really amazing. And I love how you guys just started by solving a problem for yourself. So you knew that, um, you know, this really was something that was sustainable. I think that's sort of the best entrepreneurs that I've heard from. It's really when they choose to focus on, you know, figuring out a solution for what's bothering them. Um, Then they realize that it's, it's scalable once they start talking to people who are just like them. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, so so you played sports on a national level. I looked up your bio and you played uh you're on the field hockey team for yes. which country again? For Hong Kong. I was on the under sixteen and under eighteen team. Oh my gosh, how did how did that come about? <laughs> Funnily enough, um it came about, so I was always playing tennis. Tennis was my sport. I played like mm-hmm. five times a week. And then I was ranked um, in Hong Kong when I was younger. And um, I remember it was in eighth grade. We had a field hockey module in PE class. And I'd never played before and picked up a stick. And it just so happened that the field hockey coach was there when we had that module. And she just I saw that I had talent she was like you need to play for our team um and I was like no I play tennis um also like I don't really know what I'm doing like what is this sport like it was like totally foreign to me she's like just come to practice and um so I practiced I was on the team immediately and then three months later um she said look there's national tryouts and I've never seen anyone pick up this sport as quickly as you have just like give it a shot and um she was incredible. I, I owe like I owe my career to her. She put me in her car after school, drove me down to um, the national tryouts, sat there, watched me, and um, I made it. So within wow. picking up this, like a field hockey stick, like I think it was like three, four months later, I was all of a sudden on the national team. That's incredible. Yeah, it was nuts. <laughs> <laughs> How long did you play for the team? So I played until I was eighteen. So wow. So you grew, and a half years. you grew up in Hong Kong? I did. I was born and raised there. And then um, I moved to the States for university. That's really cool. So you got into Boston University and that's what prompted the move? Yes. Um, I mean, there was a little bit of like gap years in between. I worked. Uh, I wanted to figure out what I wanted to do before going to college. Mm-hmm. And um, the funny thing is, like, I went to an American school in Hong Kong. 
I had, you know, a pretty good athletic career. Mm-hmm. No one ever told me that I should have applied for a scholarship and that would have been a great way <laughs> to get into a school or to continue my field hockey career. So yeah. I actually had no idea that any of this like intense um, recruiting process like happened in the U.S. I knew the U.S. was like the mecca for for college sports, but I didn't know like that you had to do all this pre-work in behind it. So when mm. I actually got on campus to BU, I was, I like Googled like where the field hockey coach's office was. And I walked into her office. And I was like, Hey coach, like I'm Rachel. Um, I used to play for the Hong Kong national team and I would love to join your team. Yeah. She just like, she almost laughed in my face. She was like, that's really sweet. But I recruit like several years out. And I was like, okay, well, I'm I'm here now and, you know, do whatever you want, like ready, willing and able to play. And she's like, I can't do that. Like the team's full. I don't have the budget for like another person. Um, and I was just like gutted. And I was like, well, what do you recommend I do? And she was like, you can play on the club team. And I was like, well, with all due respect, like I'd want something that's, that's more of a commitment um, and on a higher level. And she's like, well, the only Division One team that – has any tryouts is the rowing team so I went to the boathouse and um they told us what we needed to what we needed to hit in terms of splits to make the team and then there were like other criteria and I remember I think it was like my first three weeks of college I did nothing but learn to row and try to hit the team standard and then that worked out oh my gosh and learning like a rowing machine is completely different from anything else you've ever done I'm sure yeah, I've never been on it, and I'm also 5'4", so I'm really not the ideal build yeah. <laughs> for a rower. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's wild. I can't believe the field hockey coach said that to you. It's like, did she not hear that you said national team? I don't know. I don't understand. That's well, wild. Well, also, let's, we'll put it into perspective. Uh, the Hong Kong national team is... It's not a uh, top 10 <laughs> world country team. Yeah. But I mean, still, super hard. It's not our top performing sport. So, but I, I respect it. Like uh, coaches plan these things meticulously. Um, you could have the best yeah. player walk in, but if it's you don't have the resources for it, then that's that. Yeah, yeah, that is true. So, how did rowing go? Did you do rowing for all four years? No, I did it for the first two years, and yeah. um, it was an incredible experience. I mean, the dedication that goes into that sport is just mind blowing. I mean, you're on. You're, you're up at five you're on the river at five thirty, um and you row until the river freezes over oh my gosh um it's brutal but that that bonding experience um and that discipline regimen um was something i've never experienced before mm-hmm. however it took a really big toll on my body i think being being the shortest in the boat i would have to um still put out as much power as a girl who was near six foot or over six foot. Um, and that put a big strain on my back. So it got to the point where, um, they were recommending I take steroid shots so that I could deal with the injury and keep rowing. And I just had to step back for a moment. That was really, really tough. Probably like the hardest decision for me Yeah. just step back and say, well, okay. Um, I, I love this sport. I love being on this team. Like it's all I know. Uh, from a college perspective, but um, realistically speaking, like I'm not going to the Olympics for rowing. Yeah. Um, I need to think about like my body, and um, so I had to I had to step down. How like obviously that's a really really difficult decision. Um, 
what was that like for you? How are those next couple of months when you didn't really have a sport, you didn't have practice to go to? And I mean, you scrambled to, to find a sport to play at BU just because you loved competing so much. So how difficult was that? It was incredibly hard. Um, I mean, all my friends, like my family was the rowing team and, um, I had friends from high school that were also at BU, but they had different activities and they weren't go getting up at 5am or they didn't understand like dry season, things like that. So all of a sudden I had to find a new identity within my university and also find a way for me to fulfill like my athletic needs, like like that crave for a workout that like basically almost kills you. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that endorphin rush and that plan and knowing like, okay, so we're rowing at five thirty, and then like, we've got lift at four. This is the plan. This is what we're hitting. This is how we're going to do it together. Like that kind of camaraderie was all of a sudden like ripped out of my life. Yeah. So what, what, what was your immediate sort of way to fill that void or what did you try to do to fill that? I started going to classes at gyms because then at least there was still like that team mentality. Cycling was amazing. I started yeah. getting like incredibly hooked on soul cycle. Nice. Uh, the only problem there is soul cycle is not really an economically sustainable <laughs> daily habit. Especially not in college. <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. Thank God they had like some student like packages, but I, ha- I had to keep that in check. So I would do soul like once or uh, like once or twice a week and then try to train myself. But it was tough. Um, and physically like my, my body just wasn't getting the same stimulation as it was. Yeah. And that's really difficult too, because I think like you touched on it, routine is such a big part of our lives and having all of that structure and that physical stimulation from working out, but also sort of like that mental satisfaction of pushing yourself to your absolute maximum limit. And then, and then that's your, that's your workout for the day. And then you, and then you move on and then you can start your day. It's almost like having your morning cup of coffee. So once you lose that, or you feel like you, now you have to work to sort of find a way to fill that, I think is truly, truly difficult. And that's like something that I've experienced is really hard because I'll go to the gym now and I'm like, what exactly are my goals? Like, why, what am I doing here? I'm not going to win a soccer game on the weekend. That's not happening. So what is my purpose for being here? You know? Absolutely. So what, what did you, uh, decide upon? You know, it's, it's still up in the air. (laughs) I, um, I definitely have done the group fitness and I, I think those, that is great. Um, I think it's a really fun way to, I love working out with, with different people. I think working on your own is, can be pretty lonely. Um, and it's hard to sort of find that self drive because when that, I think this is why teammates are so great is when, you know, you're on your like hundredth burpee and you like feel like you literally can't feel anything in your body and you slash, you also want to throw up. Your teammate is right next to you doing the same exact thing and they kind of push you through it. Whereas like, I don't feel almost that same motivation when I'm by myself at the gym. Um, but two, I think it's trying to find a way to actually play sports again, because for me, I can only, like running and lifting on my own is just a mechanism to get better for a sport. That's just the way my, my brain thinks right now still. So for me, I'm like, okay, how can I get better? Why, why am I lifting, you know, legs this way today? It's just so I can be more powerful when I play in my pickup game on the weekend or something, you know? Yeah. 
Um, so I sort of have to train myself to think that way and then I'll be more motivated, but it's hard. It's really hard. Oh, I feel you. Yeah. So when, so obviously the working out piece is huge. How did you sort of find that camaraderie again with a team or did you? Um, our team at snow monkey is incredible. Um, I really look for the skills and kind of qualities that athletes would have in people that we hire mm-hmm. in terms of work ethic, passion, dedication. And it makes such a big difference. Um, we're a team of like five women under 30 and just everyone is like so badass. And, um, they wake up every morning, not just to make money on a pint of ice cream, but because they really truly believe that we can, deliver a better solution to our community and they're so made of motivated by that goal and then bound by the team and I can just see it like in their eyes like they their dedication is like incredible and it's everyone's always asking like what they can do for one another how they can support how like they're sharing resources sharing ideas um and I'm lucky to be like in that atmosphere because I think if I didn't have the snow monkey team, I'd feel incredibly lonely from a team aspect. Yeah. I can sort of attest to your team's culture because when I met them at Expo East, um, their energy was like infectious. I wanted to hang out at your booth the whole time and everyone was so engaged. There's eye contact. There's what do you do? Like, what are your interests? Things like that. And it's, you could just tell they could, they are just incredible, incredible teammates to have. And that's, I just from a startup's perspective, that seems like that's what you need. That kind of energy and those people that are so passionate about what they do all day. I'm really happy to hear that. Yeah. I'm lucky. I really am. That's, that's so cool. And sort of how do you, I think one of the the toughest things transitioning into a work environment after sports is finding sort of like that everyday fuel and those everyday wins, sort of like a national championship. Do you do anything special with your team to sort of foster um, like that winning environment and achieving certain goals? We definitely go out for like team celebrations However, I will say that that's one thing that I'm personally trying to work on and also like as a team because like startup life is so crazy and we're just juggling like a thousand tasks at once. Mm-hmm. We always we're so focused and we have our head down that all these cool things happen and we acknowledge them but then we just keep working. <laughs> and everyone's everyone's just so humble and they're so focused on like the big milestones and the big goal that we almost let the small wins go um wouldn't say unnoticed we notice them but we should give them more time and thought and um i actually love like any ideas you have about like ways that that could be incorporated into a corporate culture yeah i mean it's really tough because just working at super coffee um you know we had i'm trying to i'm trying to think back now it's really tough to figure out Honestly, when it's a new setting, because you have to figure out and to put into a sport sports perspective, it's like, what are those games that you're trying to win? Um, but it's almost like your preseason and then your non-conference, your conference, and then your playoffs games. 
is how we kind of would break it up. And any sort of small wins is, I don't know. It's really hard. It's, I would just start by, I don't know, I guess just like having those smaller goals or maybe like those monthly goals and together you can hit them as a team. That's, I think it's incredible. Yeah, it's definitely helpful because like when you're so deep in the weeds, just to remember like what the small goals are versus like, oh, we're trying to be a nationwide household brand. Yeah. Um, it's like way better to kind of like break that goal into like smaller milestones so it's achievable. Yeah, totally. Well, so I just, I looked you up before in sort of Snow Monkey success and you guys are in the top retailers in the country. I mean, Wegmans, H-E-B, Whole Foods, and those are all national, right? I mean, H-E-B is all in Texas, but, and Wegmans on the Northeast, but you're in all of those chains? We are in all of those chains, Wow. Yes. You're, are you Whole Foods Global? We're not. Um, we're aspiring to be. Yeah. So if anyone from Whole Foods Global is listening in, please email me. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is so freaking epic. And to think that all of this started, um, and this started after your crew days, yeah, actually, so it was, although it was a very, very um, hard moment for me to officially leave athletics um, at that point, it did open up more time for me, and that gave me the time to start playing around with different recipes um, and and look at, like, different innovations and looking at ways that we could make like healthy guilt-free indulgences because when I was on the crew team I had no life like to I was barely trying to like keep my GPA up yeah um, so it was it was bittersweet um but it it everything happens for a reason and I think had I not had to leave the team I wouldn't have had that time and that mental space also to start thinking and cultivating this idea yeah that's so true and how, how comparable is the sort of building snow monkey to becoming successful at sports. I mean, what is, what is the industry like that you work in? Wow. Um, it's very traditional. I mean, you worked in CPG as well. Um, the retail chain is still very old school. It's very traditional. It's very relationship based. Um, it's highly competitive and, um, it's, quite hard to navigate especially when you're small because we always find ourselves in that chicken or the egg situation that's like oh okay we're in 1200 stores now okay now we need to get people to understand we're there and then go buy it but yeah then the stores are like hey people aren't running through the doors and ripping snow monkey off the shelf and it's like well yes because we first had to get in and then we had to announce it because before they were going in and we weren't on shelf so they weren't buying it right yeah. um I think also like people who have been in the industry for a while, um, they don't take a lot of these smaller companies and startups too seriously because they see so many crash and burn. Mm-hmm. So you absolutely have to earn your stripes. And I, it's just, it takes time. Like you have to put your head down and you have to bleed and sweat and just remember like the overarching goal and get all your team members around it and just go for it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I mean, thank goodness for your sports background too, because you truly learned that perseverance. And I'm sure at points you've thought back to those 5 a.m. mornings on what's the what's the river um, by BU that you guys row on? The Charles. The Charles River. I should know that's yeah. historical. But, um, and it's what, like 30 degrees, like whipping winds, 
<laughs> and then yeah, I mean your your knuckles are bleeding. Oh my god, because your skin is so dry. That's so wild. Um, yeah, but yeah, sports has absolutely crafted my entire um, outlook on the way that I run a startup, and also I think a lot of my. Um, characteristics and work ethics I, I mean I, I owe everything to sports yeah that's so incredible I also saw in this article by Forbes um, that you guys are part of the Chobani incubator yes we were part of their second class that's really cool can you kind of just explain a little bit more about that yeah absolutely um, so Chobani has this um, overarching mission of just having better food for more people and the way that they see themselves being best able to serve that mission is by identifying other companies that they think have the same values of producing delicious, natural, and accessible and um, nutritious products and enabling those companies because they know that in the very early stages, it's so easy to fail just because of cash flow and gaining distribution and, and you need those expertise and those relationships. So Chobani set out and established this incubator and uh, we were in the second class and I think I did the math. It was like a 4% acceptance rate, which is nuts. (laughs) It's like harder than getting into an Ivy league. Um, and our team was just absolutely thrilled. We were the smallest company in the second class. We were the absolute baby of the incubator. So we actually got to learn from Chobani. We were in their office once a week, every month. And um, their team was so kind and supportive to us. Like literally people from any single department would be like, oh, you need help with sales? Like come to my office. Um, Okay. And then they literally say, this is how we do sales. This is who you should talk to. This is our playbook. Um, Contact like my five colleagues in these different regions. They're all going to have a call with you. Like I just couldn't believe like how open they were. And um, they – they make time for you. I mean, they have so many other things to do. Like they're running a crazy large yogurt company. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but everyone was just so excited about the potential, like amongst all of our brands. And, um, Chobani also gave each of us $25,000 grant and they asked for no equity in exchange. They literally just wanted to empower us and help us. And, um, the, wow. the most flattering, comment like I've ever gotten was um when our team was meeting with their CEO and founder Hamdi he said that he believed Snow Monkey could be the Chobani of ice cream and that's why he wanted us in the incubator and I had I got goosebumps oh my um, gosh it was crazy to see that because our team sees that I see that that's why we get up every morning and we do what we do but to have a legend like Hamdi see that in us and want to help us along the way it's just like unbelievable. Yeah. And this kind of rhymes and it's not meant to rhyme, but he's really sort of like this Gandhi of food. And the I heard that he made, I think, 30 of his employees millionaires just because he wanted everyone to have a stake in his company and to be really successful. Um, yeah. So his just philosophy on life is incredible. And the fact that, I mean, Snow Monkey he knows about you guys and he has sort of this respect for you guys on another level. I mean, that's incredible. Absolutely incredible. Wow. It's it's still surreal. (laughs) (laughs) That is so cool. Oh man. So how did you guys, you guys are in Los Angeles. How did you guys end up choosing that location? So 
professionally speaking, um, I really do believe that our core consumer is concentrated around um, the Los Angeles area, especially in the west side. Um, we're headquartered in Santa Monica, and that was really important for us because we wanted to make sure that we could firstly serve um, the most members of our community in terms of people, like we call it our tribe, tribe mm-hmm. members that appreciated and really incorporated Snow Monkey into their lifestyle. And it would like being here locally also allows us to learn from them because at the end of the day, if we're not constantly growing to the needs of our tribe members, then we're going to become obsolete and we're not doing our job. And so being here, going to like, Equinox, Lululemon, Soul Cycle, like running demos in the local Ralphs and Erwan. Like we do that all as an internal team. Even though like that rips us away from the desk, I find that so valuable because I get to stand there, you know, for four hours and talk to every single person who's trying it or who has heard of it and hear their feedback, what they love about it, how they use it, what they wish was would change. And that allows us to really continue um growing with the right insight because we don't have all the answers we're just a team of five mm-hmm. and uh, so we moved the company out here to really be close to the source but then also like personally i said if i'm gonna stay in the u.s i'm going to southern california it's just it's the life that's right <laughs> Man, you're, you're from socal i don't need to tell you <laughs> oh yeah i know and right now it's it was 60 degrees yesterday in new york and now it's 40 and i hate it <laughs> Um, no, but that's so true. And I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, unbiasedly. So Southern California is just, they're the trailblazers of health just because you're literally on the beach every day. So, or you're wearing clothes where you feel like you need to, you know, you need to look good in. And then two, I think everyone is just always wants to be outside and doing things. So, and that was so important for me personally. Um, I'm so much happier and motivated and so much more energy yeah. in the sun every day. Everyone's yeah. up early. The thing I love about LA is that the FOMO is when you don't wake up in the morning. Whereas like when you're on the East coast, it's like, ah, sleep in another hour. Like who cares? Like brunches across the street. Whereas <laughs> here it's like, you want to be up in the morning. You want to go hiking. You want to go to the beach, you want to surf. Um, and I love that, that people are just trying to suck the juice out of life. Yeah, that is so true. So how did you guys come up with snow monkey? As a name or yeah, as a formula? As a name. <laughs> uh, we thought the name was really reflective of our journey um, where we just went on this like wild forage for all of these primal ingredients uh-huh. <laughs> um, to, to bring together. And then also the fact that we're banana based and it's frozen, um, we thought was a cute play on the snow monkeys that live in the uh, snowy mountains of Japan. Yeah. Did any of it have to do with like any of your experience growing up or no? No, I was going to say, um, but I know I actually have not seen the snow monkeys in person and, um, we're going to make it like a big team celebration. We have to figure out what the milestone is and when we can afford it, Yeah, but we have to hit some crazy goal. We're all going to Japan and we're all going to go chill in the hot tubs with the snow monkeys. Oh my gosh. That is going to be incredible. That's your national championship right there. Yes, that's absolutely. your world championship. We'll, we'll make uh, we'll make rings for it too. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh! You can feed the snow monkeys some of their own, <laughs> some of their own ice cream. <laughs> um, that's so awesome. And I would just love closing out any sort of piece of advice that you have for people going through this struggle, or any any wisdom that you've gotten from any of your mentors 
as you've embarked on this new journey? Yeah. Um, well, I think thinking back on, um, my athletic careers, you have me in such a nostalgic, um, <laughs> mind frame right now. And, um, I remember that in the weight room at Boston university, there was this huge quote up there that I think about every single day. And it was hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And that has absolutely kept me going through any practice and any incredibly hard day I've had at snow monkey. Mm -hmm. Um, because it's just a reminder that, you know, we, for example, at Snow Monkey, like we have an incredible brand. We have awesome team culture. We have a really great group of early adopters, but just because we have those things going for us doesn't mean that we don't have to absolutely bleed and sweat for what we want. Mm -hmm. And, uh, the same applies to athletics. And so that's, that's the one thing that always stuck with me. Um, and I would say for the struggle with transitioning, it's that, um, I soon realized that there's such a huge community of people that are feeling the same thing. And, um, I mean, I'm grateful for you bringing like light to it, um, and showing everyone that it's okay to feel that way and that it doesn't have to be a lonely transition. There's so many other fun things to jump into. So I would look at it more as just, um, just switching teams or trying out a new sport versus like, Oh my God, my career's over. Like I'm going to turn into a potato. (laughs) Yeah. That's such a refreshing perspective too. It's like, it's like transitioning from your high school team to your college team or middle school to high school. It's just a, a little bit uncomfortable and we all have to embrace it. But like you said, there's, there's a ton of us out here, um, figuring it out. So that's, that's what's, kind of keeps me motivated and having a positive outlook on it yeah absolutely awesome well girl thank you so much for all this this is really really cool just to learn more about everything that you're doing and your lifestyle I mean this is so rad from tennis to field hockey to rowing it's just (laughs) complete athlete it's awesome well I'm flattered and I'm so excited about jocks um and a huge congratulations to you um thank you a lot of a lot of respect for what you're doing I'll definitely be tuning in thank you guys so much for listening to the jocks podcast you can always find these updated podcasts on iTunes and you can follow us on Instagram at we are jocks for weekly updates in addition you can subscribe to our newsletter